0: Quit a job, ever e- to find yourself, within then one ever started something and went big or failed. Quit is a call in show helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. At least I think I'm Dan. I sound different, right? <clears throat> and the reason I sound different is because I've got this. Um, it wasn't really ever developed into a cold, you know? It just was sort of really weird minimal cold symptoms that kind of evolved into just something where it just makes me sound like a different person but uh i'm still angry so in the studio with me typing feverishly over there is moises Chuyon. i'm typing with purpose who i uh, <laughs> hey that's from the movie up in the air which we'll be talking about a little bit today boom boom Moises is host here of uh, several other shows. It's hard to keep track of everything that he's hosting now or guesting on, but he hosts a show called The Critical Path with Horace Dedue. I co host Co-hosted. You hosted.
1: I bow at the altar.
0: And then you have a show called Screen Time, which is about uh, really anything that can be viewed on a screen, usually things in the entertainment space like movies, and yeah. a lot of movie stuff. Moving image storytelling. Right. Movie TV games. And then another one called Giant Size, which is a reference to something personal. Uh, comic books. Comic books, I mean. Very what personal. El- what else could I have meant? Long boxes. <laughs> and uh, he's joining me here today. He was supposed to buy lunch, didn't buy lunch, just ate. And then Joel Bush also in the studio. Live. Hello. hello. <laughs> uh, welcome back, Joel. It's been a long time since you and I have a- actually sat and done a show together here. It's been a while. And uh, Joel does a show here, too, called Capital. Which is a great, great new program we'd love for you all to check out. We'll put these into the show notes, which can be found at 5by5.tv slash quit slash 37. Do I sound better to you or does this sound ba- bad?
1: It sounds better because I'm in the same room.
0: No, but I mean like this gravelly.
2: <clears throat> you still sound a little different than your normal self. Yeah, that's I for don't sure. like, I don't like it. What can you do? Try to quit a job, find yourself? Yeah, uh-huh. what can you do? Heal.
1: Where were you?
0: So today's program, you know, I watched a movie earlier this week because I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get myself, you know, motivated for doing the show a little bit. Not that I need extra motivation to get angry about this stuff because I don't, but because there was a specific thing. There's this movie called Up in the Air, a wonderful, uh, wonderful movie with uh, George Clooney in it. And if you haven't seen the movie, I recommend that you see it as soon as you possibly can. It's based on a novel that came out in 2001 by Walter Kim. It is a 2009, what they call a comedy drama. That's what they call it. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. We won't really be spoiling the movie. Because there's only a few plot points that I would need to give away that would spoil it, I think. But it's a great movie that the, the, I guess the best way to describe the plot is the main character, George Clooney, play, uh, George Clooney playing a character named Ryan Bingham. Uh, he is, uh, works for a company called Career Transitions Corporation, and he travels from company to company across the United States basically firing people on behalf of the company that's hired him because they're too scared to do it themselves. Or they don't know how to do it. Or they don't want to do it. Meantime, in his spare time, he gives these talks. Motivational talks, if you will. What's in your backpack? And he is talking about the virtues of a life that has no burdens and is free of attachments. And says that, you know, people as well as things hold you down.
1: Because we're... Were sharks? Dan, I'm what's sorry, the line from the sharks? I wasn't paying attention. Are you talking about a talk Merlin does? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> is, is, did he used to be Merlin? Man, what's in your backpack? So uh, Moisés, what's the
0: line? You're here today to do the line. So what's the line? The shark line. It's a good question. You're not ready.
1: Uh, that's oh, where's it.
0: Hattie? Sharks. Okay, Hattie's uh, had, had her wisdom teeth out this morning. Oh. So that's why she's not here, and she, uh, her mom, texted me a picture. Her mom is shuttling, shuttled her back and forth from the doctor, dentist, and sent me a picture of her teeth. Have I showed you guys the teeth? I showed Moises the teeth. Could
1: you please not do it again, Joel? Do you want to see the teeth? I've already vomited
2: twice. No, that's okay. Hold on, I'm going to show you the teeth. I'm good. Hold on, I'm all right. Just take
0: a take a hander at that. Mm, Those are the teeth. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, she's doing fine, and she'll – claims that she'll be back to work. She may not be in a speaking role. (laughs) Just a walk-on on uh, on Monday,
1: but – You'll put the camera on her, and she'll be pantomiming. Yeah.
0: Pantomimes. There are seven
1: pantomimes. Do it. Do it. Do it. it. (laughs) Come on. Whole scene. Whole scene. You got to do it, Moises. I was prepping the the backpack speech, and now you're giving me the seven pantomimes. Is it seven or nine or five? I want to say it's seven. You know Uh, what I'm talking
0: about, Joel? uh, Is this the show?
1: I guess it is now. This is what happens when Hattie has major surgery that radically reconfigures her entire face. Yeah. Pantomimes.
0: Do it. What's the name of the movie?
1: (laughs) Come on. Man, I I prep for Clooney and you start just throwing all kinds of stuff. What is it?
0: It's uh, Christopher
1: Walken. Dan, if you caught me at a better
0: time as an Italian gangster. Here's the thing Is Uh, it ringing any bells for you? Things
2: Things to do in Denver when you're dead? No, never seen that. Come
0: on. All right, I'll let you call, let you figure it out. Anyway, up in the air, great movie. And what's interesting, one of the things that George Clooney talks about, or I should say Ryan Bingham talks about when he goes and fires these people, is that he often explains to them that being fired. Is not, or does not have to be, a bad thing. It doesn't have to be a, a terrible thing. That in, a, in fact, it's an opportunity. Uh, to reinvent yourself. It's an opportunity to start over. It's an opportunity to look at your situation and say, "What is it that I really want to do?" So here's here's what he says. This is in his talk. Since Moises is
1: not Dan. Prepared. Here's the thing is anybody who ever built an empire or changed the world sat where you are now. That's what he says. When and they're... it's because they sat there that they were able to do it. He
0: says in his talk when he's giving a speech – and by the way, I don't agree with, with him about his backpack speech. I do agree with the other thing when he fires people and I think he believes it and that's interesting. Uh, he I says, guess you just like firing people. The slower we move, the faster we die. Make no mistake. Moving is living. Some animals were meant to carry each other to live symbiotically over a lifetime. Star-crossed lovers, monogamous swans. We are not swans. We are sharks. But later, I don't want to give it away. Let's just say maybe that doesn't turn out to be true. We'll see.
1: It's a good movie. I don't want to ruin it. I like that this is the second George Clooney starring movie wherein he's a guy that gives motivational talks, wherein he changes his tune on the way that he gives those talks. Right. What was the first one? Intolerable Cruelty. Yep.
0: Oh, yeah. Opens
1: with an Elvis song. That's
0: right. Tremendously underappreciated. I thought you were going to say Magnolia, but that's Tom Cruise. That's a good, have you ever seen the outtakes from that thing? That is amazing. That is his best performance. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, he's, it's an, he, he lives an interesting life because he's constantly traveling. His tiny little, like one room apartment, he's almost never there. He travels around the entire country, firing people. That's his job. And we don't even need to go into much more of the movie just to think of what kind of life that is. And I know so many – I've known so many people who spend so much time traveling. Now, he – I would guess in – he's supposed to be maybe early 40s in this movie, I'm guessing. He's never been married. He doesn't have any kids. And in the beginning of the movie, he's kind of happy. You know, He's living in this lifestyle that I believe he thinks is very much a – in a way, it's a jet-setting lifestyle, right? I mean, he's traveling. He does what he wants to do. Yep. He doesn't seem lonely. Untethered. Yeah, totally untethered. He doesn't seem lonely. Now, Joel, Joel, you're recently married. I am. And you're kind of the same age group as George Clooney. Close enough. Yeah. And you, you waited a long time to get married, didn't you? Many people are married in their 20s. True. Moises is 19 years old. He's been married for eight years. It's
2: how we do things in my country.
0: Why uh, why, why did you wait so long? Was career in the way? Was business in the way? Or did you just not find the right I girl? I don't think
2: so. I th- I've, and from the get-go, I always thought it was a who question anyway, not a when question. A who and not a when. See,
0: I don't think Ryan's character, I think it was very much a never. It was a never. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just that was not what he wanted. Yeah. And a lot of the people that I talked to that, you know, when they call into the show or write into the show and I've got some great emails, great emails to share this week. But when people write in or call in, a lot of the time, the thing that's holding them back, there's two things that seem to be holding people back. Either one, they're, they tend to be younger and they're afraid to make a change simply because they don't have the life experience that would tell them, yeah, it's OK to try this. On the one hand, on the other hand, they might be in a second class where they're they're older and they're married or they are married with kids and then they feel held back and they feel perhaps limited and they feel uh, like they can't take the risk that they wish they would have known how to take when they're younger. And so I was thinking about this with the start of the first dot com boom. And I knew so many people in San Francisco at the time. I knew people at, you know, Netscape. I knew people at all of those things that that we now, when we think of the sort of legendary startups, you know, the ones that that are now famous, whether they're Yahoo or Flickr or Netscape or whatever. And I personally had so many opportunities where I could have moved out there. And I, I probably have, you know, I wouldn't be doing this right now. I probably wouldn't be doing anything. You know, where I was, where I, I would have had many, many millions of dollars in the bank if I hadn't done that well, if I hadn't done well, because right. I have friends who were in those companies who have millions and millions and millions of dollars in the bank uh, just because they were working in a company. Right place, right time. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I uh, that I would have made it out there. I'm just saying there there's if I had. But why didn't I do that? Mainly for me, it was this fear that I think I see a lot of people here saying, Well, I want to, you know, I'm unhappy in my job. I want to quit my job. I want to go try something. How old are you? I'm 27. I'm not married. Like do, like, do it, you know, like that's the time to do it. And when I was in that situation, I could have done those things and I didn't. And, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining. I've got a wonderful new job and I wouldn't change it. I would, if, I, if you said right now you can go back in time, you'll be multi, you know, invest all your money in, in Netscape back in the mid-90s and like cash out and invest in the next thing and just be that guy, I wouldn't change it. I'd rather be where I am now. Okay. No regrets.
1: Be this guy, not that guy.
0: Right. But when I think about the reason that I didn't do it, it always comes back to that sort of the fear of the unknown. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I would like doing that. Instead of just trying it and finding out that I hated it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's never too late to try something. You know, until you start getting these responsibilities that George Clooney is talking about in the movie. You have these physical things. You have your house. You have your attachments. You have all these other
2: things. They call them dependents. Dependents. Because they depend upon you. Right. mouths to feed in one way or another. Yep, And... I don't see those in – I
0: don't want to give away in the movie, but in the early part of the movie, he's he sees those as negative things. And let's just say something changes later in the movie and he m- maybe winds up not thinking of them as negative things. And I think for a lot of people, it's tough to recognize when something truly amazing as an opportunity presents itself, especially for those folks who are younger – because the fear gets in the way, Moises. Does that make any sense to you? As a, a it makes very, a whole lot of sense. very young man
1: it makes a whole lot of sense. I, you know, one of the things that I run. Yeah, I don't have kids. I'm married. I've got some pets. A lot of them. Some fish tanks. Some computers. Some DVDs and stuff. Um, but I, uh, I, I find myself at uh, at at something of a, a place where. And I told you this uh, a number of weeks ago there there are a couple jobs jobby jobs that are good jobby jobs and the kinds of things that I could apply for and potentially get and people would back me for and that sort of a thing and I'm in a place where I'm very conscious of the fact that if I run in that direction, I am actively choosing that instead of potentially running in another direction and looking at doing something that Is really all on me Mm -hmm. and something that I've been doing over the last few weeks, which, uh, you know, in addition to nailing down guests and the insanity of the summer, making it impossible to figure out what corner of the world horse is on and what time zone he's in or, you know, which one of various guests can or can't do a show, I've been – instead running in the direction of stuff that I want to be doing and that I want to be a part of, of what it is that I do for the rest of my life and not jump back into the, uh, you know, I need to fill out these forms with HR and I've got this office that's this size and I've got a staff of this size and I've got these quarterly reports to fill out and I've got all of this work to do for other people and instead finding finding the shape of the work that I want to do that I feel like I'm not just competent enough to do,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but that I'm giving myself the breathing room to be able to do. And to be honest, it's been really tough. Because on the one hand, uh, the the couple of things that I've been pouring a gigantic amount of time, effort, and resources into, neither one of them have paid me up until this point, And they're both on the verge of of getting into the money side of things. But... It is a fraught conversation telling my wife, no, I'm actively opting not to take one of these jobs for a couple months and then ditch these people and look like a total jerk so that I've got a paycheck coming in when I'm going after something that – and I won't put words in my wife's mouth and those conversations are are, uh, are, are (laughs) private. Not for the show. But it comes down to – I am I am I'm exacting a very large opportunity cost just to do the setup mm-hmm. to do the stuff that I want to be doing, yeah. um, and that is that is a a difficult conversation to have depending on the day depending on what the uh, balance sheets look like depending on what you know the insane electric bill looks like because Austin Energy upped their rates right. like the jackals they are, and. I'm, I'm literally right in the middle of this and it's something that I haven't talked about really much at all on the air on social media or anything like that. Um, but this is, this is something that I'm, I'm in the middle of not because I have some sort of fear of, you know, going back into the job market where I'm working for somebody else and, you know, I could be fired and I'm worried about staking out my territory and, uh, you know, uh, protecting myself and, and, and doing that kind of a thing. Um, but in, instead, I'm actively taking a pretty big gamble on a couple of things, and I, you know, I'm going to see how it turns out, and I might still end up going the jobby job route, and I'm not sure which direction things are going to go. But I'm feeling a lot more positive about the maybe creating something that I love that is the kind of job that uh, – that like you're talking about with what you're doing now, that five years ago – I didn't know where I was going to live five years from then. Right. I didn't know what I was going to be doing five years from then. I had some vague idea of the general kind of thing that I wanted to do, but I didn't have that kind of specificity of focus. And that's something that I've chosen to focus on the stuff that I really want to do. And I'm going to see how it pans out. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's scary, right? Yeah. I mean, you're describing a situation of fear in a
1: way. Fear is the mind killer. Yeah.
0: You know, I think for a lot of people who are in that, I think a lot of people will be able to associate with your, with your scenario. You know, it's, there's a couple of emails that I actually want to read that, that kind of are the, the flip side of this. But I got to do a sponsor first. The first one is shutterstock.com. 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, video clips, and more. You go there at shutterstock.com. You start searching. You type anything you want in. And there'll be something really cool there that will come up. And it's, it could be an illustration. It could be something. But all of the stuff that's there is contributed by independent photographers, designers, illustrators all around the world. And, uh, and they do just an amazing job finding really, really great content. Every time you go to Shutterstock, you're going to find something new. They add 10,000 new images a day. And it's relatively affordable. You, you would think you would have to pay a fortune to get this stuff, but you don't. Uh, these, these are really, really affordable to get the high quality versions of every file that you download. Uh, you have these light boxes that allow you to organize them so that you can then create a light box. You're doing, working on a project, you throw things into that light box, you share it with your friends, you share it with collaborators. They can add to it, but don't forget about the vectors, the icons, infographic templates, all these things that if you're Ryan Bingham and you want to go give your talk about backpacks, about backpacks, where do you think you're going to get that picture of the backpack? I don't know. Dan is, did you put you it in the, the light box up, gallery there. so I can see it? Cause I'm on your team. So here's what I want you to do. Go to shutterstock.com and sign up. You don't need to give them any credit card information. You can use the site as long as you want till you find something that you want to purchase. Oh, by the way, they have a great iPad app that'll work the same way. When you find the thing that you want to purchase, you enter the code DANSENTME9, number nine, DANSENTME9, and you're going to get 25% off any package, anything you put together, one image, a thousand images, over at shutterstock.com. Dan sent me nine. Go check them out. All right. Here's an email. And I would, Joel, I would like to hear your take on this. You got it. Eddie. Eddie V. Okay. Restaurateur. Mm, restaurateur. Eddie V, the restaurateur. I'm a big fan of Quit and a listener from episode one. You know what? That's enough to read the rest of the email. It's good enough. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for writing now. Good email uh okay i'll continue i guess the rest is boring the show came at a great time in my life as i was laid off from my full-time web designer position in january of 2012 this led me to take the leap into being a full-time self-employed web designer front-end developer i have a question problem that i don't think i've heard addressed on quit and i'm hoping either you or your listeners can relate to i'm currently coming off a two-month span of solid work feeling energized and motivated my problem is now. I find myself not as motivated to get back out there, find new work, and to pursue new ideas. And to be honest, it sort of scares me. Am I mentally coming down off a work high? I certainly haven't lost the love I have for what I do. How do I keep my positive momentum moving forward? Any light you can shed on my problem, I would greatly appreciate. Thank you. Your number one fan, Eddie V. It's pretty bold. Yeah, number one. Yeah, Joel. Has, he's your number one fan. Joel, how long have you been uh, working over at Amplify?
2: Well, full time since January of 2001. We incorporated it in March of 2000.
0: That's, I mean. 13 that, years. It's, are you uh, one of the co-founders of the business? I am, yes. Are you starting to kind of get antsy now? Is it like, do you feel like, you know, like you're bored of it? You want to do something no, different?
2: not at all. Why? Why not? I don't know why, uh, but it's not even close to that. I mean, it, we get to work with some of the most interesting clients. It's, uh, we get to keep adding new services and things that we do, work around a whole bunch of good people. I very much enjoy it.
0: So there's some, in the fact that there's a good aspect to the job that's relatively stable, where you're doing the same thing as, as a framework, but within that framework, things are changing every day.
2: Yes. And in fact, my younger brother worked for us for a while. Right. He uh, you know, was an engineer, uh, worked for uh, one of these. Did you force him to work there because he was your no. younger brother? No. I know. Uh, but he, when he moved uh, back to town, he, and his, he got married and they were living in Chicago. He moved back here, worked for us for a while. It turns out he really didn't enjoy it. Mm. He, he has, since uh, his amplifier stint, he's worked for the University of Texas. Uh-huh in their uh, sort of technology and area, and he couldn't be happier. He, it's, it's very stable. Mm -hmm. There's very little ambiguity. There's, it's, it's a good place to work. Uh, He loves being on campus as just a a place and an environment and atmosphere, but he turns out he just really didn't like the, the variability, the ambiguity that you never knew what was going to happen, especially in those years? We were that was pretty early on. But for me and some of the core folks at Amplifier, I mean, we have we've been in there a long time, and yeah. I think there's you know we've seen a lot of, of folks, good folks, come and go. There's we've been there for 13 years, so there's quite an alumni group of really cool people out there that at one time worked for Amplifier. Um, but no, I still very much, very much love it.
0: Do you think that if you weren't one of the co-founders, let's just say you were one, you're employee number four? But you still did the same job and everything. Do you think you'd still have the kind of interest and, and loyalty? I know it's hard to step
2: out of that. Uh, I might. I might. I mean, again, another thing that's pretty fascinating about Amplifier is we, we do constantly get to decide what new services and business models we're going to deploy. And mm-hmm. we work with all these cool people. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm sure there's lots. Of, it is, to an extent, a jobby job. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I go to the office. I've, I've had I've worked around these people on these, on this project for this long, but at the same time, uh, just still personally feel a great degree of ownership for the whole thing. And, and, you know, I, I went to South by Southwest, uh, their Vegas event right. last month, this month going to XOXO in Portland, mm-hmm. then going to Brooklyn beta. Mm-hmm. God, that's, you jerks. That's a lot of, that's, that oh, is, I, cr- think I mean, I'm going to that, be in just, New York during Brooklyn it's just, beta actually. It's just really fun. Yeah. It's just it's just great. You're like an ambassador. Yeah, I mean, I I serve. Certainly, that's one of the roles I serve for for the company, mm-hmm. and I enjoy it a lot. So this this guy here, Eddie V. When
0: I remember, whenever I was doing like consulting work and doing even even in software development within a company, that I would work in and and the way that I worked, and I recall talking to um, I think um, Marco Arment on Build and Analyze about this a few times, is that At least in the life of a developer and probably a designer as well, that things always felt very cyclical for me. Like I somehow would get this burst of energy that could last a week or two, where I was like, "Hey man, I'm working 12 hours a day, like seven, six, seven days a week, and it's great, you know." And I'm I'm doing tons of work and it's it's awesome, and I'd be like energized to do it. And then after it, I would be done with a project or done with some get a release done. Then I'd be like. (laughs) I can't even think about, you know, I can't even think about going and doing work right now. Mm -hmm. And when you're paid full time, you know, you kind of feel guilty like, oh, I'm supposed to be working. I'm not supposed to be like, you know, looking at uh, Pinterest or whatever people do, Facebook, Twitter. But that's what you do because you're like, you're required (laughs) to physically be at work. Yes. Even when you're not productive. Mm Mm-hmm. You're required to go in and do it, but it's like your brain and I think this is more specific maybe for work that that is highly cerebral or cerebral mentally yeah right like if you know when I used to do uh you know i've had i've had tons and tons of like retail jobs and stuff you know there's thinking involved, but it's not the same as like writing code twelve hours a day for three weeks right and I feel like your brain just kind of t- shuts off sure. you know and i I feel like that's what eddie v must be Coming through, you know, if he's working for himself, uh, you know, and he's been working really hard, but see, here's the thing that, that people forget when they work for themselves. I think I, 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 I had to learn this the hard way is that the whole time that you're doing work, you need to be, uh, be lining up new work for yourself. Oh yeah. You have to be,
2: otherwise you're
0: screwed. Yes. So that if you have a two month project. And now you know yourself well enough that I, I work really good for two months, and then I need like a two and a half, three week break. You need to start scheduling yourself for after that three weeks. You mm-hmm. need to be do the day that you start your your project. You should already have the next project in the pro in the works of being lined up.
2: And of course, and beyond, that's very hard to keep even. Oh yeah, it's a feast or famine sort of. You have because sometimes, what do you, what do you do if you're truly working for yourself by yourself? Yeah. What do you do as you're hunting for new work? And three people say yes at the same time. Right. You might be working an insane schedule. Yeah. And there's no time to go worry about what projects might come along next. Yeah. Because you've gotten, it's wonderful. Good news. You've gotten three projects going. Right. But then they all complete. You're wiped out, tired. And then there's this lull with no work for a while. So keeping all that even is an extreme challenge.
0: Like uh, Anthony and Natalie who run run Fun Size right, right there down the hall. Um, you know, they they have had a great deal of success, and they have been able to actually hire other folks to you know to help out. Mm-hmm. But they're still like I asked them, "What are they doing today?" And they're like, "Proposal writing," mm-hmm. you know. And these are two people who are focused on you know iOS, Android, mobile, mobile usability and user. I don't think usability is the right word. Uh, user interface design. Okay, and yet they both of them a are skill in quali- high demand yes and yet they're writing proposals of course you know and for for a lot of the stuff that i do here at five by five and that and pretty much Hattie's full-time job she's doing like account management mm-hmm. but now we're selling for so many shows uh, including those outside of five by five that we represent that her job as account manager is she's running out of time to even do proposals now Because she's now spending so much time working with the actual, you know, phone calls and emails with the existing people. You you Uh, watch,
2: you watch Mad Men. Yeah. Is it okay to talk about Mad Men? Uh, Yeah, please. It's required. One of the great scenes, it's one of those rare shows that's actually kind of business literate, at least. Um, Surprisingly so. It addresses it. It cares about it with, with some detail and context. and the uh, part where they decide some of the principals in the, in this firm decide to break out on their own is hilarious because they realize, well, we have to take Pete and, and a couple of them don't like Pete, mm-hmm. but it's like, but he does accounts. Do you know how he does what he does? No, I have no idea how mm-hmm. he does what he does. And they want to, these principals to want to start their own agency. Mm-hmm. They want to bolt, they want to flee and they want to take some of the clients with them. So it's an, Ad agency, there's lots of creative, there's lots of writing, there's lots of artifacts. Literally, the guys in charge of this business, they have no idea where any of that stuff is. They right. really, truly, because, as, and they're not a gigantic firm, but they had already become large enough that there's so many roles involved from the presentation to winning the business to then actually executing and running those accounts mm-hmm. that it was, it exceeded the knowledge of any one person. So when you try as a single individual, to encapsulate all that inside one person's head and you're having to do all of the chasing for new business, all the managing of existing relationships and all the provision of whatever the service is, it's an incredibly taxing thing and it will never arrive evenly. Mm -hmm. It never will. Mm -hmm. It will be feast and famine. And so there's a financial challenge that comes with that, but there's also, as you're described, as you're alluding to, There's quite a psychological challenge just to managing that style of work and its effect on your lifestyle week to week and month to month. That's what I did at the Alamo Draft House. And
1: Mm -hmm. I was managing it on my own, cleaning up after – over a series of the previous three years, each year they had someone different managing just the festival sponsorships that I was overseeing. And in addition to that, I was also overseeing new stuff that they'd never gone after. Uh, sponsoring um, signature events, shows, things that they had never tried to attach sponsor underwriting to, and I found aware in terms of uh, putting together the overall plan of attack, managing relationships, and that sort of a thing, I was getting inundated super super fast, and I found myself spending a series of months explaining why. It really was important for me to have somebody, and I said, look, if it means I've got to convince somebody to be an unpaid intern for me for a few weeks so that I can demonstrate how valuable this is to you guys, Mm -hmm. I've, I've just got to have it or I just can't do my job because there are only so many hours in the day. There is a limit to how many emails I can type, how much stuff I can hold inside my head, and when I brought on this intern, I was able to delegate stuff out to where I had contract templates, and I said, great, pop this in, pop this in. You know, we need this dollar amount and, you know, make sure that all this stuff's filled in, mm-hmm. make sure that they send it back. If they haven't responded in three days, check back in and just was able to not automate that kind of stuff because she wasn't a robot. You know, Lord, I, I wish, I wish <laughs> there were robots that we could assign to do a lot of right. these things. Um, but there was Take a lot of stuff. What you ask for, uh, <laughs> there's, There's a lot of stuff that became radically more feasible, but at the same time, I found that one person wasn't even really going to be enough because of the scope of what was being done. And th- there was, there was that constant battle of uh, expanding the understanding of how to properly do that mm-hmm. and what it really takes to not only maintain relationships, but heal relationships that may be lightly bruised, may be extraordinarily damaged, whether from uh, a predecessor's work or from something that got bungled on the day, mm-hmm. which in and of itself ends up coming back to me to fix on the fulfillment side of things. But it is rare that in any of those cases that the fixing, the healing, the maintaining is something that just one person can do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird because
0: when, especially when you're starting out, you're like, I need help. You know, and you know you need help, but it's it's nerve wracking to let somebody else do that. You want the robot you feel like if you could train the robot and program the robot, you'd be fine. Because the robot would just do what you told it to do in the way you told it to do it. But a human being, they they make mistakes, don't they? Oh yeah. They do things wrong. Oh yeah. Sometimes
1: and, and we the, never
0: do anything wrong. The people we hire do things wrong. We never flawless. Yeah. So I think Eddie V. I think Eddie V. needs a little a, a, a little break, but I'm worried about Eddie V. because Eddie V. hasn't booked out the future stuff. Eddie V. has come off a two month thing, and instead of saying, "Oh, in three, I have
1: three weeks to go play and sit on the beach." Or go skiing you've got three weeks to maybe get two weeks and six days of no responses and <laughs> right then finally get somebody to actually pick up the right. stupid phone pick up the <laughs> the email device of their choice yeah. eddie v is
0: is potentially screwed unless he busts his ass see now he needs to work harder than ever to know what he's gonna have to line up and and you don't you know You've got to be always thinking of the next thing, always thinking of the next thing. If you're going to run your business, always, always, always think of what is coming down the pipe
1: that you need to know about. You're battling your timelines and their timelines too. Where, and, you know, again, with some with- people like to, like they like to have, they know
0: that they need that time. So they say, you know what? I do a three month project or three months worth of work and then I take a month off. Or I take two weeks off. They know in their mind they need that to be able to do that kind of work. I I never needed that. And I pity and, uh, and shame people who do. But that's fine. That's <laughs> everybody else.
1: You proverbially uh,
0: pity the, fuel, the, yeah, fool, the, the fool. The fool. The, the, the fool. Fu- the, fu- the fool. All right. So here's, an, here's another thing. Here's another one. Let me do one more sponsor. Why not? I mean we don't even need a reason. Let's do it. And then – I'm going to play the, the pantomime scene. If you think you can handle that. You think you can handle it? I take it you ride. Nope. Second sponsor, last sponsor of the day is Squarespace, the all in one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. Go to dancent.me. Dan sent me. That's where I want you to go. That is going to have a list of all of the sponsor codes. The promo codes, the discounts for the month. And I'm updating that regularly to keep it keep it fresh so that if you ever missed a code and you want to go get one, you forget what it was, you want to see what we're offering. Dan sent out me. Well, where do you think I host that? I host it on Squarespace. It's it's just a simple one page site. It's responsive, it's adaptive, it's all that good stuff. And it took me like five minutes to set it up. I didn't didn't you know I did I I was gonna say I didn't write any HTML or anything like that. I did a little. There's a table, and as you shrink down the page, the table actually displays less information. Instead of actually shrinking down, the four columns disappear one by one until you're left with just two. Well, that was my choice. I didn't have to do it that way. But it was easy to do that in Squarespace because if you want to write code, you can. And that's exactly why I did it, to show that if you want to write some fancy HTML and some fancy CSS, go ahead and do it. Or you can just use their templates. Everything else about that page is completely stock. And just upload an image, upload a background, whatever, just by clicking, dragging and dropping. It's really, really amazing. And uh, it's, it's so easy to do it. It's just so easy to get started with these folks. Now, they're doing something special for you guys. During the month of September only, they're giving 20% off and a free trial. You just go to squarespace.com. You're going to use the code dansentme nine. Actually, it might be Stooge 9. I don't know. Hattie's not here, and I don't know what my reads are, so who cares? Do you use sent me 9? It's not going to – wait a minute. Let's see. She's got a list. Stooge 9. Yeah, it's Stooge 9. I had to scroll down. Who wants to scroll? Hattie's supposed to scroll. (laughs) Stooge 9. Hold on. I'll go get the blonde wig and the heels. I'll be back. Hold on. Stooge 9 will credit this show. If you use Dan, sent me 9, that's fine. The Stooge 9 is a good one to use. They take care of everything, hosting, SEO. It looks great on every device. They have support 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Really great support. They're up there in New York. Can't hold it against them. Anyway, try them for free. No credit card required. And during your trial time, please import your content from another site. If you're using one of the other blogging tools or systems out there, import your content. See how you like it. I think you're going to love it. I'm actually working on another new site, with Squarespace. Maybe by next week it'll be done. I can tell you about it. But that's just my – that's my go-to now to make new sites. So go check them out, squarespace.com, the code stooge, S-T-O-O-G-E, nine. Thank you very much to Squarespace for continuing to make this show possible. All right. One more email here. I love quit. You know what? i stop right there. I think Done. that's a good email. Move on to the next Just email. like the
1: last one before we moved on. Perfect email.
0: J.M. is this person's name. Smart, smart guy. I mean, that email, Unparalleled. one of the best I've ever gotten. I love quit, exclamation point. Uh-oh. I'll try and keep it short, so here is my question. Was it I love quit, exclamation point, the name of show, and then exclamation point. Just one exclamation point. Okay. I'll try and keep it short, so here is my question. Do you have any suggestions for someone who wants to quit and go into a completely different field, but doesn't have the skills yet I have a bachelor's and master's in engineering.
2: Whoa, big shot. That's nice. It that helps. You can learn. This is a he or she. We don't know. J, J I think, M. is a man. Okay. I didn't know if they were using initials only.
0: Oh, right. J-M sounds like initials. J-J-A-Y-M. Okay. So I think that's a man. Okay. I currently work for a large company in the semiconductor industry making great money. Ooh, big mm-hmm. shot. hmm Nice car. Mm-hmm. Fancy leather shoes. So it's quite all right. All right. But no, I'm not happy and I don't think I can find happiness in this industry. I've discovered that I love design and I would like to make that my career. However, as a newbie, I don't have the skills or experience yet to even get a stooge job doing design, let alone striking out on my own. I have a wife. Ooh. Stop bragging, dude. Okay. Okay. But her income can't support us, so I don't feel I can leave my current job to concentrate on learning design full-time. Going back to school is just not an option. How can I learn enough about my newfound passion to even try and get a job doing design while working full-time at my current job, which is draining me of all of my energy? Thanks. J-A-Y. P.S. I'm slowly going through the back catalog of Quit. So he says he thinks he'll get to it eventually if we've talked about this, but it's always a good topic. Joel. Joel. Uh, you were, you were reacting to this as I was. Mm, well, I mean, it's now. At least Cause I, I have some to, advice for, go for, for, it. for, I was, for Jay, well, but I want to hear what you have to say. And then Moises, you can go.
2: Well, there's so many, there's a, a big chain of it depends um, upon it depends. So his, his wife's income might not cover everything. How much there's, there's so many different, the good, the good news, the bad news is there's not one silver bullet here. There's just a whole lot of different choices and little, little moves. And so uh, the best way to begin is just to begin. He's got to find a way to start learning. The fastest way to learn is by doing. Um, It doesn't sound like he's wanting to go back to some, to quit working entirely and go to school. Yeah. And a total reset. Though people do that. Um, I don't know where he lives, kind of what the... What? Yeah. Who he knows that could? I think he knows the, no one in the trade. He knows no could, one. You know, can he be a, someone's apprentice? No and one. Can he... No. No. I don't know. Oh, so what? What do you got, in Moises?
1: I, I, I was going to say that it. This is what he has said is full of potential energy. There are a lot of variables at play, like what Joel's saying. I, you know, there there are a lot of different ways this could play out. And to quote Oscar Goldman, "We can rebuild him. We have the technology." Mm-hmm. But how are you how are you going to rebuild what it is that you want to do? what is it that you're want you know find some specificity to how you want the execution to work? you know, figure out what those specifics need to be. I mean I, I don't know this guy's household budget. I don't know where he might be able to cut back where they might be able to cut back in ways that, that make it an easier thing to do. There may be variables that he's not thinking about because he's set. To one way of thinking about what their circumstances are. You know, it's, it's something that I think he's got to do some more thinking about because it sounds like he's not he's not 100 percent on what options he hasn't considered in a while, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I'll, I'll I'll
0: take it a step further and I'll say this guy should not do it. He should not try to find a job as a designer. I'll tell you why. Design is an incredibly challenging, competitive industry to be in, and the best designers that I know and there's only a handful of those people in the world the the ones that are really really like awesome and can just pick and choose what they want to do those few people besides them people are are fighting to get their to get the good contracts now you could go and be a designer and get paid fine, but that's He's going gl- here. This is a grass is greener situation, Joel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's sitting here thinking, well, poor me. I'm like I got a master's degree in engineering and I make 160 K <laughs> a year. And, you know, oh, it's
1: so bored." What I'd really uh, like to do is paint.
0: Right. And, and, and here's the thing you want to design, go design. Like you don't have to make it your full time job. Why do people think they have to make it their full J you don't have to make this your full time job. You know what? Take your time with it. Make it your hobby. Get really good at it. Maybe maybe Jay is the best designer in the world and is just not tapped into it yet. Great. On the weekend start building some sites. Build them for your site, self build them for your friend. You know, build one for your next-door neighbor who's got a, a a you know, makes wooden boats.
2: Yeah. Just start doing it.
0: Just start doing it. Don't worry about getting paid. You don't need to get paid with your fancy pants engineering and job and your fancy BMW.
2: Another thing is if there are things about this particular engineering job that are a drag. And maybe get another engineering job, there right? Are other engineering jobs. Yeah. Great uh, point. A buddy
1: of mine had that kind of situation where he wasn't looking necessarily to, you know, jump into a totally different field like design, but he was an engineer in an engineering job that wasn't making him happy. And it was really the the job wasn't making him happy. Not that it's engineering not the, wasn't the, making industry. Him happy. It's it's the industry. It's not the industry. It's not the industry. It's the job. And he said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to say goodbye to these folks that I'm working for in Dallas, and I'm going to go uh, hit up some guys I know at Silicon Labs in Austin. Right. Now he's here in Austin. There he is. Working maybe, for Silicon
0: Labs. Maybe this is the only company in the town that he lives in that employs his kind of things. He can't move because of family obligations. He's stuck there, and he can't get another job. Whatever. I don't know what the, the story is, but the fact is if he likes design, just start doing design. And he said, oh, I can't do it. When am I supposed to do it? I get home. I'm tired on the weekends. I got to go to the grocery store. Well, you know, the the last thing you should do is give up your employment, quit your job and, you know, and try to learn something that, you know, I was just, I was just having lunch with somebody who had a, a, uh, a, a great career I don't know about great. He wasn't happy with it, but he had a career doing one thing and he wanted to learn something completely different. It wasn't design, but he wanted to go and try something completely different. He had the luxury of being able to make that change. He had made enough money and saved enough money and planned his life in such a way that he said, I want to go and try this thing. And he can also go back to the old thing if he wants to. Do your basket weaving on the weekends. But do your basket weaving on the weekends. You want to design, just start designing. Oh, you're too tired to do it? Then don't do it. But don't quit your job and try to go to some school and learn how to do design because you're about to step into one of the most competitive industries. And it's not competitive based on who works harder. It's not competitive based on who knows more. It's competitive based on who knows more, uh, what you've done in the past, how long you've been doing it, who you know, what your skill set is. Of course, I love design. I'd like to sit around and make websites all day. I'd rather do that. Not really. But it would be fun. Who doesn't want to do that? I'd like to sail all day. I would really prefer to do that. But I can't do that. Well, maybe I can go sailing on the weekends. Why does it have to be a job? Just if you love it so much, just go do it. Go do it. And you know what? If you do something that's that amazing and you are this amazing talent and you find out that you really do like it and you can still do it in the evenings when you're tired and on the weekends when you're tired – and you still want to do it and you still have passion for it and then the work that you do gets out there and you start putting your stuff up on Dribble, and eventually you get recognized and people want to hire you. And then you do your first actual pay job and you like the way that works and you think that there's more coming up after it and you can build that stack of things that you need. Then come and talk to me about changing it. When you're making a third or half of what you're making full time in this free time thing that you're doing, well, that's not possible. I don't have enough time. Make it. Make the time. And if you're not willing to do it, then you're not willing to make the take, make the sacrifice to make the change. Period. Move on. Find a different engineering job. There are worse things than to be a, like a well-paid engineer. Well, I don't have passion in it. Well, so what? You're lucky to have a job, period. It's not like you're making frosty cones at Wendy's. I know. Probably sits at a... One of those cool rooms got a cool computer. but he's got he's got a cool computer. Oh, I bet he's got Do you a her- think he has a, one of those a Herman things? Miller chairs. Do you think he's got one of those things where like it's the thing and it's got the little mouse, but it has the little plastic part in the top uh-huh. of the mouse with a little hole and you click the different little points with it yeah. like that?
1: I bet he has a day and
0: night a- pebble. Totally. I mean this guy's kind of made. To everyone aspires, all my listeners would trade places with him. All of them. Every single one except Virginia. So go, go do design. You want to do design, go design.
2: Now, I, I would ask, I'm sure it was from your time working there, you sort of know the story of Tim League. Tim League. And the Alamo Drafthouse, which is this amazing thing now. Yeah. But Tim League was an engineer.
1: He was a petroleum engineer
2: <laughs> he for Shell he, Oil. He went mm-hmm. to Rice. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just want to bring this up and I'll cut through it quickly. Um, there is a counterpoint the, and this is one of the, my favorites. This this man Tim League is an engineer, and he's not quite happy with it. He has a great job; mm-hmm. he's doing fine. But he what he and he's married. But fortunately for him, I suppose he and his wife share totally this vision of there should be a better better movie going experience in mm-hmm. the world. They many many long stories made short. Their first attempt at this, and I think Bakersfield, California, Bakersfield, California, absolutely failed. It Categorically, did, it did not make it, and they realized later they wanted to try again and they'd come back to Texas and they chose Austin and they had together calculated a budget in such detail that they knew they had something like $5,000 to spend on food Mm -hmm. and lodging together for a year. And that if they had to spend a nickel more than $5,000, they weren't going to make it. And what that meant is they would stay with family. They would couch surf. They would have no rent expense at all. And he tells great stories about how he would use his early vendors. He still prizes some of his vendors of food distribution because he would ask them, hey, for us to carry your food products in our theater, can you send me some samples? And he said he was pretty sure the guy understood that really, Tim and his wife were going to eat out of these samples for a (laughs) while. Um, And so that is, I think Tim League stands as someone who is an engineer, but with an intense level of commitment and sacrifice and detail to plan out 12 months in advance. Like we're going to give this one more shot, but we're going to go all in. And we know exactly what we're getting ourselves into, both husband and wife. And so that it, they made a radical transition from one of them being an engineer to another way of living. And um, it sure looks like it's working out for him in the, in the long run, yeah. Yeah. but it was, you got to know that was an interesting year or two uh, during the process. Well, well that's a sacrifice, isn't it? A,
1: yes. a, a part of the anecdote that I, that I like is, uh, something that Tim likes to say is as one of the moments that he realized that working for the oil company was just not going to be for him. They brought him down to this, uh, basement and they were like, uh, come and pick out the, uh, the art for the walls in your office. And they had hundreds of copies of the exact same three paintings (laughs) and you got to pick one. And everybody had the exact same really unobtrusive, muted kind of painting Mm -hmm. hanging in their nondescript prison cell-like office. Right. And it was at that moment that he realized, you know, I think this is not for me. And interesting side note that will be relevant to Dan, years later – when his film festival would host the world premiere of a little movie called there will be blood. Mm -hmm. He got to talk to Paul Thomas Anderson about petrochemical engineering. (laughs) Wow.
2: It's very cool. Everything came full circle. Yeah. Circle of life. So, so it happens. Yeah. But it sometimes to do a midstream, mid career transition of it, it can require an unbelievable stack of commitment. Commitment is the
0: big thing. And if people are, find it daunting or challenging to do the thing that they supposedly love in their off time. Because I'll tell you what, when I used to be in the it world and doing software dev and going in and and fixing windows computers and crawling around on the floor, plugging mice in, I still found time to write code and build the hive logic encoder and you know all that garbage and, and write on hive logic every morning for an hour or two like I found time to do that there was not time I made time mm-hmm. you know and I also made time to play TFC in the evenings because it was something I had fun doing how did I make time for that well I didn't have kids back then but still there is time I there I can be doing other things now I might be very tired when I'm doing them but how do you think people put themselves through college when they have a single mom with one or two kids who works at a you know a crappy job flipping burgers somewhere, and at the end of the day she comes home and studies for her college you know for for and, and puts herself, pays her way and studies and takes care of the kids and flips burgers. That's not an uncommon story in this country. you know that you that happens more than you think. I remember when I was in school uh, in college. There were a number of people in my class who were like – they were ancient. They were decrepit, super old people, like 32, 33 (laughs) years old. And I was like, why are these old people in this class? And they cared. I mean, they cared. Like the teacher would give them an assignment. They're like excited to go do the assignment, you know? And like the teacher would say, Oh, I want you to journal all your work. They journal all their work. I'd be like, this frickin' journal. I don't have to write down what I'm doing. Oh, we want an outline before and then a five paragraph essay explaining what your paper is going to be about. Are you kidding? Let me just write the paper. They'd be like, Oh, great. This is going to help me. But you know, they cared because they were, they were spending their own money on it. Not their parents, their grandparents' money. And they were doing it to better themselves, not because they felt like, oh great, four more years of school after high school, come on. They were interested in it and passionate about it, and that's why they were there. You know, and and if you're interested and passionate about something and you find it hard to go and do that thing, maybe that's not what you need to be doing. I don't know. I don't know. It's tricky, tricky, tough situation. What are you, are you taking pictures of me? Moise says, I'm Trying to. Looks, looks like that. It's creepy. It's creeping me out. All right. You got a good one?
1: No. All right. I think we have, well, eh. I was trying to freeze that moment in time. You killed it. We're running, uh, we're running up against uh,
0: three, the three o'clock hour here where Joel Bush is going to start doing capital. So I think we have time for maybe one more, one more email. Tony. Tony, 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 the tiger. Hi, Dan. I've been following the show since the first episode and it's one of the best podcasts out there. You know what? I'm <laughs> done reading. That's it. I mean, why bother with the rest of the email? It's only going to get worse. Oh, it does get worse. I've got a situation that may be somewhat unique and I was wondering if you can give me any advice. I'm a teacher in North Carolina. I've taught here for 11 years. I'm 48 years old. Joel, sound familiar? I love teaching, but the job is becoming too difficult to stay. In. We haven't had a raise in six years, not even cost of living. So technically, he hasn't not had a raise. He's had a salary cut for six years. Our state government has removed tenure meaning no protection from firing for no reason. Plus, it's getting harder to do my job with a focus on state testing, tons of paperwork and regulations, plus the overall attitude that everything that happens in education is our fault, even if it's something we have no control over. I'm seriously thinking of leaving the profession, but I'm certain if this is a good decision or what to do if it is. I'm married. We have a five-year-old child. My wife makes good money, but I don't want to rely on her for our family's financial support. That's part of the reason I'm thinking of leaving teaching insufficient pay. Do you think this is something I should just hang on and try to ride out? Or should I start thinking of another profession? What else could I do? I do photography as a hobby as well as cooking and being an amateur magician. I've done some research that says I should be able to do many things with an education degree, but no information as to how realistic this would be for me to switch careers at this time of my life and no information as to whether I'd be starting at the bottom or would my experience as a teacher translate into some credit into a new career. Coming from a family of teachers, I know that you understand that we are not in it for the money, but I also want to be able to contribute in a meaningful way to my family's lifestyle. And, uh, so he's referring to my, uh, my, I have do have a number of teachers in my family, especially my mom who taught, uh, high school and then college. And I feel like, again, just echoing what Joel and Moises said earlier, uh, Maybe just find another teaching job if this one sucks. If, is are you in the only university in town or the only school in town? Is there something else you could do? Could you teach something else? Could you go into the corporate sector and teach within the corporate sector? Sector teaching something. Because if you're a good trainer, whoo, oh my gosh. And if he's a magician, you know, he's, he's got some performance. And he's comfortable up in front of people. Mm-hmm. Shazam, shazam,
1: shazam. Yeah, wouldn't it
0: be cool? Imagine this. If you go into to a seminar where you think you're going to be learning about like HR practices and a guy walks in with a top hat and he pulls the top hat off and he pulls like a, he pulls a rabbit out, throws it out to the people, pulls a dove out, releases balloons. I'm just an idea guy. He's going to have to run with this. <laughs> well, I'm Imagine what he could do with this. If I was a magician, I'd be doing magic tricks all day long. Somebody would be like, hey, give me your wallet. Poof. Where's your wallet? It's gone. You want it back? I'll see you next week. You know? I only do one show a night. So I'll see you next week. You get your wallet back. I'm just saying this is the idea. He's going to have to run with this. But the, the point is, are there other teaching jobs you can do before you just abandon the profession? Why does he want to abandon? What's with everyone wanting to abandon the profession? I, had a, I have a crappy. He has a crappy job. Teaching is a crappy enough job.
2: Yeah, and it's tough to hear, right? My mom taught you know, elementary school. Her
0: teachers have the hardest damn job in the, in the world, yeah, and they're paid the yeah. least, and they're treated like crap. Then that's teaching in this country. They should be paid the mo- they should be paid more than doctors,
1: but they don't. They don't get three, paid crap. Three sons of teachers. Yeah, in the same room. We're gonna, We're gonna. T- oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Now my uh, when I was my youngest, my mom was a graduate school professor, and I had elementary school teachers, and she was their master's professor. And then she went into public school teaching, middle school. Yeah. And then she went into elementary school. Yeah. And then she went back to graduate school right. teaching. And seeing seeing through her eyes and her experiences, the politics, the gamesmanship, mm-hmm. the crap that they have to deal with, not just from fellow staff members, but from the students. And man, when mm-hmm. I was a kid, we didn't, I, we didn't, we didn't have no cell phones. <laughs> right. You know, we didn't have iPads and, uh, you know, computers and all this other kind of stuff. And I just, you know, my heart goes out to anybody who self-identifies as a teacher.
0: Right. I
1: mean, so so can this guy teach somewhere else? Uh, can he go anywhere else, teach Man, anywhere he, else? You hit it. He can teach elsewhere in other ways. Right. Use the same skill set in a way that maybe completely reinvigorates his feeling of what being a teacher is. Right. That's a great point. So as
0: far as changing careers, I mean, I don't think you're going to make much money as a magician probably.
1: But a magician photographer, come on. (laughs) A photographer,
0: photographers. I mean, I always, this is always the thing. Photographer is what you become after you retire. Yeah. You can be a wedding photographer, but boy, that can be a drag. Yeah. It's not like he'd be going to something easier and then he'd be walking around with like his degree in teaching and be like, why am I schlepping all this camera gear around? How soon till I can hire someone to carry this around? It sounds like he has a crap job. He should leave it. But again, go back. Can you improve the job before you just assume you want to leave it? Obviously, when you're dealing with state, you can't just go in and be like, dude, I need a raise. They're going to be like, "Uh, we don't have a budget. Yeah, Yeah. sorry. So it's not like a a private company where you can go in and like plead your case to your boss. and no. No, that's gone. So I don't know, look for another he's job. Got, first, he's got a five-year-old, in he's got a wife who has. Yeah, a, he can't walk they, away from. Yeah, it.
2: he can't. He can't go knock on the door, Mister Governor. I would like an audience, please. But those are good things. Like he's yeah. got a family that'll. They, I think around the edges, he could. For some of the stuff that's performance related, with in teaching in some other fashion, it doesn't have to be a. A complete switch. He could make incremental steps and run experiments and, baby steps. Yeah.
0: But I think I think that's what he's gonna look for another job in education. Can't find it. Look for teaching in the corporate sector, training that kind of thing. If I was looking for somebody who could do seminars and and um, you know and and that kind of thing, like uh, George Clooney with his backpack, and this person came in and they were wearing like a big ta- a top hat and they did a thing where, like, you know how when you walk in and the top hat's all collapsed and you and the thing pops out like right there that and they have a little magic wand and they're tapping things and like plants are growing out of the ceiling. Like if they could make that happen. And, I'd know, be like, you're hired, dude. You, you're to make a heck of a show.
2: These days, in all seriousness, for all kinds of companies I'm online, being serious. I don't know there's a that. lot of marketing that is teaching. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And so if he could potentially use teaching as the function, as a bridge into the corporate sector and getting the right kind of company, mm-hmm. once you're there, kind of keep your eyes open look yeah. around and, and who knows where it, where, what avenues might open up once he's there. Yeah. towards marketing or other areas of the company content, uh, exactly. content development is a huge oh yeah thing. and i mean stays. i'm even
0: think i'm not saying hr is the best industry in yeah. the world but i think a lot of this stuff might translate and here's the thing you want to go see apply for other jobs send your resume in polish up your resume send it in and see if they write you back and that'll give you an indication if your teaching experience does translate into another industry he's asking if it does send your resume in and see if the people write
1: back to you pitch them something they haven't heard of that might work way better than the dead yeah. horse they've been beating for 10 exactly. years. The, the thing, the thing that I would caution because when I worked at Apple, mm-hmm. I knew a lot of trainers, mm-hmm. knew a lot of trainers who suddenly found themselves in Rio de Janeiro and not the fun part of it <laughs> for six months or uh, Mexico city or wherever. When you go onto the corporate side of things, make sure if you've got a five-year-old kid and a family and travel is in any way part of the job. Make sure you don't get Ryan bingham into always being on a plane and in an airport and not around your family. You know, if your family matters to you. Yeah. I guess, you know, yeah. that's that's a choice. But it sounds like this person, their family matters. Um, so make sure to watch out for that line. item. That's 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 my only proviso to that. Yeah, I think.
0: um I think that's really good advice. I think he just, he needs to take a hard look at what his options are and, and, and take those steps, you know.
2: In, in case listeners have come on board and didn't catch the beginning of the show, I'd, I would say that Moises is referring to the character played by George Clooney and up in the air and not the, I think, Grammy award-winning country musician, Ryan Bingham. Ryan. Right. Ryan being in context. Uh, I was
1: point. talking about both of them.
2: Oh, okay, I, to sorry. Be, no, maybe. To be completely honest,
1: <laughs> I mean, if you're asking me God's honest truth, I meant both of them. All right. So, listen,
0: I got to get off the air now because uh, Joel is a, a harsh Barrett taskmaster. he's is coming. I'm literally s- swinging a stick in the air. Yeah. Very cruel. It's um, going to be taskmaster. Fun. So, I um, will clear the airwaves for him. You can follow Joel Bush. Who are you on Twitter now?
2: Joel Bush. J O E L B U S H.
0: Well, you can go and follow him on Twitter if you'd like. He has a show here called Capital Moises. I don't even know. Moises has like nine shows. He's got nine can, shows and he's got – I you, can't even spell You can follow name.
1: me on Twitter. I'm the boss level of Twitter names. Uh, <laughs> at Moises Chiu, That's M O I S E S C H I U. Yeah. Uh, screen time about movies, TV, video games, uh, evolution of media, giant size about comic books, and the critical path, wherein Horace Deju reminds me that uh, my brain does not have nearly enough wrinkles in <laughs> That's right.
0: And I'm Dan Benjamin on Twitter, Dan on Alpha, and uh, 5 x TV slash quit slash 37 is where you go to see the few show notes about this. I highly recommend watching up in the air. It's a great movie. And let's end with this, the the pantomimes line from the movie True Romance.
1: True Romance. I hit you with that on Twitter a
0: long time ago. Yes, I saw that. Let's see if I can find the spot.
3: You know, Sicilian's are great liars, best in the world. I'm Sicilian. My father was the world heavyweight champion of Sicilian liars. From growing up with him, I learned the pantomime. There are 17 different things a guy can do when he lies. to give himself away. guy's got 17 pantomimes. Woman's got 20, guy's got 17. but if you know them, like you know your own face. They'd be lie detectors all to hell. Now, what we got here is a little game of show and tell. You don't want to show me nothing, but you tell me everything. I know you know where they are, so tell me. Before I do some damage, you won't walk away from Could I uh, have one of those Chesterfields now?
0: Great line. Isn't that great? All right, guys, thanks for doing the show. We'll be back next week, Friday. 2pm strength. See you then.